calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast, you beautiful melon farmers. Today I'm joined by Christopher Tilly. The Hello, host people. Suits, Christopher Tilly. Yeah, beard. beard. People prefer when you have a beard. Well, one reader did. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I was referring to him. Is that coming up in the comments? That is coming up in the feedback, yeah. Okay. And I should point out that I can grow facial hair. But well, let's anyway, get to that. I'm we'll also, that. also joined by um, Prince Kamali and his little bag of news. I am, <laughs> um, yeah, and my bag of feedback. And his little bag of Which news. Which actually is all right. Little I've got bag links. of feedback somewhere else, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and also um, the recorder of podcasts and the destroyer of worlds, the ginger prince, the man on the knobs, Richard Burfart. <laughs> Hello, how are you doing? And... <laughs> um, Podcast is now in session. This is quite a speaking of intro. Speak, yeah. well, speaking do, of recording, I'm just going to move I, I, Tilly's I thought, mic. Uh, yeah, minute, I think this that. is the one that keeps breaking. While and, you're yeah. on your phone, I actually put some thought. Can into you hold it. it? Can you hold it for the whole of the podcast and the microphone for those listening? Hey, hey. Um, um, cheeky. Yeah, I just thought a bit more of an intro than Alex does, where he just goes, "Hello." Yeah, he doesn't try. Podcast is here. Doesn't try. Podcast is here for another day. Let's make this the best podcast ever. I think it already is. Um, <laughs> so, what have we been doing this week? Do you want to? You we've. I mean, you did something similar to me. You saw a film. Yeah, I went for a picnic. Okay, sounds good. Are you going to write that up for Isaac? <laughs> <again? laughs> I don't know. It's that, it's that new feature. I nearly got attacked <laughs> by what? Till he's recurring picnic. by two little dogs. Where? One called Holmes and one one called Watson. That is a very good. There was a dog. prolonged attack on me and my girlfriend during our picnic, where one of them stole my sock. It wasn't on my foot at the time. It was. In my shoe, I was barefoot. Were you? While the, and while I was going for that, the other one went into the hamper and got the butter and ran off with the butter that we had. <laughs> Misdirection. Why, why, why were your socks off? Was it? It was warm day. Warm evening. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a you picnic. having a date in a 1970s Disney cartoon again? <laughs> <laughs> it was bizarre. Well, did, did a little dog run across with a string of sausages? <laughs> He took our butter and my sock. <clears throat> I never got the sock back oh. either. He just went into the undergrowth with it and then came back without it. Did you it. see wow. the other day they were giving away free butter on Oxford Street on the hottest day of the year? They were. I have one of those butters. <laughs> did you? I thought it was ice cream. Did you? Very disappointed. <laughs> what you ate? Did you, you eat it? I was scooping it with my hand. That's how I normally eat ice cream, just scooping it with my hand, shoving it into my face. Um, for people listening, um, IGN UK is the UK's premium games and entertainment <laughs> podcast. And um, we're so. not, and we haven't mentioned the name of the butter brand, so we're not. We're not the BBC. No, it's contravening any brand. I yeah. can't remember it. So well, it was gold. 
Yeah. No, but that was something. It's an sh- offshoot of something. And, and I will say this isn't podcast gold. So sorry no. about bringing up I'll the I'll tell you what, it's incident. no wonder we've beaten by Gordon's question time. At least they have bloody <laughs> focus and it's usually Petunia's. What have you right. been doing, Dan? I went to see Gordon's of the Galaxy with Rich. It was and we did the review brilliant, and it's on the site and it's bloody amazing. Yeah, we should probably talk about it this week because by the time the podcast is up next week, it'll already be in cinemas. I haven't seen it, Ooh. so no spoilers, please. I thought, yeah, I know, I know a lot of people don't want to go into spoilers. No, no, and I was, I was hanging around in the comments last night when the review went live and fielding some questions, and people want to know stuff, but at the same time, they don't. Mm, <laughs> so yeah. it's very difficult. I think it's safe to, to say that the trailer doesn't really give much away. I think all the best moments are in the trailer. It yeah, gets a lot which of is best really good. lines and, and funniest lines away from the trailer. And, and nor does Dan's too. review give much away, so you should check it out, read it, or watch the video review that he uh, worked with Rich Bearpark on. Yeah, because I read some other reviews yesterday, and... They really spoil it, so yeah. I really, cause for our audience, I think you really want to find that stuff out for mm. yourself because you're, you know, you're big yeah. comic book fans. So yeah, it's, I think it's well up there with the Avengers. It's also a different movie, so it's hard to like mm. compare apples and pears. Like it's not really they obviously are super powered, but they're also in a fantastical world. Whereas the the Marvel movies, these are fantastical creatures or beings in a very kind of ordinary world. Mm. So it's a different proposition. But I think it's the funniest blockbuster I've seen for a long while. Would you yes. describe it as sci-fi? Yeah. Um, it's, it is set in a science fiction setting, but I wouldn't say it's sci-fi because I don't think it's particularly enamoured with sci-fi concepts or ideas really okay because like, my flatmate like doesn't like superheroes but likes sci-fi so i'm gonna oh, yeah, just just it has say that it yeah has, i'm gonna, I'm gonna trick him stuff of yeah. sci-fi in it you know it's yeah. spaceships but it's not like i don't know if they're a fan of tarkovsky they might not like it tchaikovsky there you composer. go yeah. Um, what have you been up to luke um we've we been putting in your little bag of news in my bag of news well um richard and myself we interviewed the uh, lovely developers from obsidian who are what, very nice. What they made? Yeah. Uh, well, they're working on Project Eternity, which um, is an old school RPG, which is quite fun. And we've got some stuff on site about that now, but we will also have some stuff next week. Um, so they were really nice. We talked about Knights of the Old Republic, and they were saying they wouldn't mind doing a third one. They floated New Orleans as an idea for a setting for a new Fallout. Floating New Orleans, yeah. that's... Poor choice of words on my yeah. part. But <laughs> they also, they all, that also got to the top of the New Orleans subreddit. So wow. there we go. I didn't know that. Which no, has, which has good five, five users. Yeah, and it has about five threads. So, but we were up there. Um, and then the only other thing that happened was I introduced, uh, I interviewed some people um, for a little game called The Last of Us. What's that? Um, like a small indie tile. Uh. Um, yeah, and I was just quite happy because Troy Baker remembered my name. Really? Which never really what, happened from the moment the PR. I mean, you guys don't remember to when you sat down. <laughs> no, you. Or did he call you Luke or Prince? Uh, yeah, well, he didn't use my official honorific, <laughs> which upset me slightly. <laughs> the journalist formerly known as the journalist formerly known as Prince. Yeah. Uh, uh, so no, that's that's all that's been been doing with me. Should we open up the sack and get to the hard hitting news? Yes. Let's get to the sack. Um, okay. So the first thing is Doom Four has been unveiled at QuakeCon, which took place towards the tail end of last week. Which I think we all excited. But I have a cold, by the way, which is why I sound. Croaky. Definitely not hangover. Um, and basically... Two-day hangover. Yeah, have you sobered up yet? That's the question on everyone's lips. Who knows, right? Um, so, yeah, no, it was unveiled. Um, few facts. Fast-paced combat is going to be there. Um, Doom 3 wasn't massively well-received. I think people kind of thought it strayed a bit from the foundations of the series. And apparently, all the information that came out very much said this is going to go back towards its origins. It's going to be a proper Doom game. So fast-paced combat with multiple enemies. Um, it's going to be set outside a massive research facility on Mars. Classic weapons and classic monsters. The double-barrel shotgun, plasma rifle, rocket launcher, and a chainsaw. Um, 
Doom's not about taking cover, so you've got to go fast. And they are aiming for, as we know, we all like to know, 1080p at 60 frames per second. Oh, there you go, Rich. That's the noise we like. Good. So there you go. So yeah. So yeah, Doom 4. There When's it coming out? I don't f***ing clue. Oops. Um, no regenerating health either. Brilliant. So not it's not going to be now. changing with the time. So there you go. Quite exciting. Um, does anyone here, has anyone here played Doom? Yeah. <laughs> Not professional video games journalist. <laughs> I've played Doom. Yeah. Have you? <laughs> yeah, of course I've played Doom. Good. Played well, you just seem Doom very 3. disinterested in this news story. <laughs> no, it's just, um, we all knew this was going to happen. You know, obviously Doom what, 4. What, they were going to talk about a new were, game? The Doom 4 was going to come out. And it's, 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 I think it's a bit of a damp squib of an announcement, really, because it's the game everyone knew was coming. And not to have put out like a, a lot of gameplay footage or go big yeah. on it at announcement. It's like, oh, we're doing Doom 4. And it's just like, well... Yeah, yeah, I thought you were. Like, yeah. You know, that, I mean, it's, that's called stating the bleeding obvious, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and then True. saying it's good that this they're going back to the heart of the series. But how many times have you heard that sort of tact? Mm. It's what you do periodically when you've made up team sequels and versions and incarnations of the game. Well, they are just calling it Doom, aren't they? Rather yeah. than Doom Forward. Right. Yeah. So is this going to be the final, and they're just going <sighs> to add stuff? Well, I, to me, that screams. Is it like a Tomb Raider thing or whatever? But yeah. It's not like I love Doom. Doom is one of the most important video games ever made, mm. and it's a cool setup. It's a very mm. you know classic video game setup, and doing it in you know with modern technology and making it look amazing. Yeah, that's an exciting proposition. But I would have liked to have seen it. I think I would have been more jazzed if I'd seen some cool footage. And there was also not a lot of news. So anyone who pre-ordered Wolfenstein: The New Order gets into a beta for it, and so gets to play it early. Still no news about when we'll see that beta. So really, in terms of actual news... Glad you pre-ordered then. Yeah. Uh, but actual should, news, there you go, not a lot. Should we get on to, again, some more speculative news? Yeah, speculation. Mm. I think we do this every week. Mm -hmm. Just um, very vague... It's almost like we're finding things on the internet and then making them into <laughs> hard-hitting news. Yep, there's a few <laughs> of them here. <laughs> can you please not so, take the like my entire job? <laughs> so Marvel and Disney think you're very busy. busy that Disney. you might Disney. That's how they do Disney. Hey. Disney. Um, so they've announced the dates for loads of films that are coming out, five untitled movies going through 2017 to 2019. Um, I'm not going to go through all the dates, but they're kind of... Cause no, please that, read out a list of dates. Okay. <laughs> Brace yourself, people. Brace yourself. No, so in 2015, we've got Avengers, Age of Ultron, Ant-Man locked in. They're yeah. locked. It's locked. Um, the only one we've got confirmation of in 2016 is Captain America 3 and then it's all untitled so there's another one in 2016 3 in 2017 2 in 2018 and then also if that wasn't enough one in 2019 so oh my god put it in your calendars now I've actually mm -hmm. put it in my Google calendar wow um, is it going to be the end of phase 3 maybe 2019 this is taking you right up to phase 119. Yeah. Um, so, what do we think those are? Do you have any any inklings, Chris, in in your in your gallbladder? Well, I think one good inkling would be Doctor Strange, as they've announced the director for that one. They've announced director. <laughs> that was kind of really announcing the film. It's a very yeah. weird way of going about it. And didn't old uh, Benny Cumberbatch this week say he's oh, not he's playing? Lot, he's, isn't he? He's saying he's not playing it. Didn't he? Say? He was flirting I didn't read it. It, yesterday when he was doing the March of the Penguins. Uh, Madagascar, not much the penguins, whatever the penguins. The penguin film he's done. The penguin film. He was kind of Batman. He, he was being cheeky about it, like right. flirting that he could be, but ah, uh, see, I, I'd seen somewhere that he'd said that he wasn't. It hadn't worked out. But, but even that's an admission that he was in talks or something. Mm. Um, so Doctor Strange, um, there will definitely be a standalone Hulk movie. 
after Ooh, Age of Ultron. You definitely think that. Oh yeah, definitely. Not, of course. Not, but t- on not, Earth or not a team up. Uh, I don't know where it'll be. Hulk they they said they're not going to do Planet Hulk. Yeah. Because that won't allow for Mark Ruffalo to be in it, really. Right. Because it's, it's the story of Hulk all the way through. He's yeah. the Hulk all the way through that story. So, but yeah, I think he's the only one that didn't get a standalone film uh, kind of between uh, Avengers and Avengers yeah. 2 out of those ones. What, and it was because Kevin Feige out. said that they wanted one character to save for the Avengers to give you, you know, a, a reason to come back. And a story yeah. Line, yeah. But um, yeah, like, he'll, like he'll, he'll get standalone because everyone's clamouring for it and everyone likes Mark Ruffalo. So. <laughs> yeah. I just we've talked about this before whether the balance what they could do to kind of offset the kind of problem with the Hulk because when he goes full Hulk he's maybe not an easier character f- to follow on the big screen because he's just you know not reliable no, yeah unless he's unless he's like the Grey Hulk where he's um, intelligible you could pair him up with some of the secondary characters kind of what you've done if you look at it that's what they've done with Captain America yeah mm. you've paired him up with Falcon and obviously in a big way um, Black Widow Black Widow. So maybe you could do that with Mark Ruffler. Like, everyone wants that Hawkeye Hulk movie. I do. Mm. Yeah, I've been excited about that. Well, we'll see about Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. If they prove popular, they might get their own movie. Do you think it's amazing everyone now is ragging on um, Aaron Johnson's Quicksilver? When two months ago everyone was ragging on X Men's, are they Quicksilver. ragging on who's ragging on him? Everyone's like, oh, now it, it won't be good as um, X Men's Quicksilver. Oh, but in fairness, everyone... like three months ago it was the opposite. <laughs> I mean, we yeah. were we were ragging. Oh, on internet! Everybody. He looked a little bit ridiculous in the stills, didn't he? Which was what on on the X Men. Yeah, every piece. Oh, this, yeah. The jacket yeah. is still yeah. crappy, yeah. and also it was also that advert he did for um, like an American fast food diner. Yeah, oh, really. The sandwich really quickly. There was also like where, it was the Empire cover, yeah, right? Empire that cover, came yeah. out where he was just standing there and there yeah, was like two of them. Never show speed in a still though, really, not effectively. So no, exactly. But he looked ridiculous. Okay, so based on what we've seen this week, Guardians Two will be definitely in the next five years. These are are these just general Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah. So another X Men was that down there? Oh no, these are Marvel Studios. Yeah, Marvel Studios, like made by Marvel. um, Yeah, like Disney ones. Yeah. So Iron Man. So so Thor three. I don't think we really need another Thor movie. I don't want to see another Thor movie. I really like Thor, but I don't really need Thor 3. Avengers 3 will definitely happen. Iron Man 4? Well, yeah, well... We'll come on to that. You'll come on to that, yeah. Um, But I think they're going to follow this model of one banker, one new. Mm. So you put one out every year, maybe that's your summer one, that you know is going to get you the revenue that's Mm. a safe bet. Like 10 pounds. Yeah, well, the characters they know are popular, successful already established the ones that go tie stuff together and then you use the other release window whether that's the november or um the kind of yeah the november one to launch a new character so like one of them i imagine would be doctor strange one of them black panther mm-hmm. do you think the thing with black panther is excuse me it's a very different proposition for a marvel movie which are all based in cities where you can have um you right, Chris? Yeah, I'm just going to sneeze and keep talking until I sneeze. <laughs> so I thought you were having another The tension incident. is killing me. Um, where you've got a lot of peril because you've got people, you've got conurbations. I don't know what I'm saying because I'm just looking at you trying to sneeze. Yeah, look at Rich. Talk to Rich because I'm going to sneeze. Can you, basically, when yeah. you've gone to the edge of the galaxy and you've seen New York be destroyed, can you have a big, a big action movie set in a field in Africa? Uh, That's what I want to know. Predator. Exactly. Re- repeat it. So, what, <laughs> what about Shazam? That's DC. DC. <sighs> so 
So I'm not on the superhero show, isn't it? <laughs> One of the many what? reasons. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on because it's boring talking about dates for things that we don't know what they are. Um, so Rich, I, I have a very nice piece of news now. Uh, Luke sent this story around yesterday to us and I really liked it. So um, it, it was a, a guy lost his dad um, and they used You're to... You're right, Rich. This is a really nice story. Mm. It gets better. It's quite sweet. It gets better. So a little little boy lost his dad when he was six years old, and uh, his dad had an Xbox. And I don't know; it doesn't say whether he he they used to play it together. Um, but uh, he booted up the Xbox again, and he found that his dad's ghost was on the track for for the game. So it was a racing game. Yeah. So which, which racing game was? It does in the story. I can't remember. Sorry, I should have looked at this before, shouldn't really I? should have, yeah. Uh, should, should make it clear, Ghost is in, like, the ghost of his yeah. fastest lap rather than yeah, his exactly. yeah, so sorry. spirit. So the ghost of his fastest lap was still on the Xbox console, and this, uh, so the kid found this, it was kind of like he's seeing his dad again, seeing his dad racing again, which is really kind of nice to, to be able to see that. And so he started playing it and playing it and playing it until he was getting faster and faster lap times, and eventually he got to a point where he was getting as fast as as his dad's car was getting and then eventually it got to a point where he was surpassing his dad's car and there's a really nice um quote from him and he says and so i played and played until i was almost able to beat the ghost until one day i got ahead of it i surpassed it and i stopped right in front of the finish line just to ensure i would not delete it bliss that's quite sweet yeah 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 so is dad's kind of gonna live on forever in in the game in second place. <laughs> no, in first place. going to stay in first he place. Didn't you let him win. Yeah. yeah. Let the Wookiee win. What game was it? I really want to know now. It's a racing game. Does it even say, Luke? Yeah. Can I, pretend I didn't write the story. I Can I pretend it's Mario Kart? Mm. I like to think it was Mario Kart. Yeah, let's, let's believe it was Mario Kart. Inside an original Xbox game. Mm. That's all That's I've got. a terrible title for a racing game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a racing game, but it's a very nice story. I like yeah. that one. Heartening. That's a nice story. I, I have one. I'm not sure how much of a story this is. Robert Downey Jr. hints that he might star in Iron Man 4. He kind of does. He, he spoke to Entertainment Weekly, and I guess we were kind of thinking he might hang up his uh, suit when it comes to... um need to be a strong hook. ...post-Avengers Age of Ultron. But he says it's down to Kevin Feige when asked about it. Um when things are going great, there's a lot of agreement. I don't really know what that means. Um, right now, this has just been swell, hasn't it? Uh, this has been a really good one. And it feels good and we're having a good time, he says, of Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, it's that thing of why give up the belt when it feels like you can barely get jabbed. Most people are saying that right when they get knocked out, the future is, as usual, uncertain. What's he saying? I don't really know. But to me, when he's like, when things are, when we're in agreement, surely like he's now the most, you know, the highest paid actor in Hollywood. So surely it comes down to... They are firm, big enough bag of money. Wouldn't he do it? Yeah, they might yeah. not want to keep paying seventy five yeah. million though. Yeah. Well, yeah, but considering how much they make. Yeah. Right? But also, I guess it gets to a point where if you've already got two hundred million, I, I know it's it's hard to say like seventy five million is seventy five million, but mm. if you've got two hundred million and doing it commits you for living two years abroad in London, I mean, you want to be in LA. I don't know. Maybe it isn't a great. He's like, I'll do some. I want to do something else. Mm. I said on the superhero show last week I felt like this Age of Ultron plot that's been sort of seeping out uh, feels like it could be a swan song for Tony Stark like dramatically just the way they're like setting it up exit route doesn't it yeah and we haven't even seen it but it sounds like but Iron Man 3 was the most successful Iron Man movie so yeah but the, they're, they're almost setting it more and more as like an Oppenheimer kind of character 
that yeah. his brilliance, his genius will be his destruction. And if he creates Ultron, I guess he might be forced to walk away, both in terms of the story and Marvel mm. will write him out of the universe. Mm. But he'd already know that by this point, wouldn't he? If they've, they've yeah. pretty much finished shooting it. And it also it is a very cagey answer. He sounds like he's talking, sounds like a poetic boxer. Yeah. Even if they did write him out for one or two films, I'm sure he'd, he'd be come back, back if they wanted. Or you could have him in a cameo role where he's not necessarily Iron Man. Yeah. But he is Tony Stark as a kind of, I don't know, overseer of the Avengers initiative, which he originally set up. So they use yeah. his tech and facilities and he's there for maybe like wise-cracking guidance. He's like Hugh Hefner. Yeah, but like bringing a in a new set of Avengers, that's what they'll do. Yeah. So vagueness from Robert Downey there. Cool. Um, so the next piece we have is a rumoured plot for Star Wars Episode Seven. Oh, can I stop listening to these? There's quite a lot of them floating around now, aren't there? I think they're all nonsense as well. Yeah, well, this one is intriguing. So Badass Digest, which is Ugh. apparently quite reliable. Not really. Right, good. Well, then. So <laughs> there's, sound like a, so there's possible spoilers, but judging by Chris's response, maybe not. Um, so just scrub a couple of minutes ahead if you don't want to hear them. So... Starts off with the standard Star Wars crawl, apparently, and then the camera pans up well, to the... They, they've got it. I know, right? <laughs> and then the, the camera pans up to the stars. But instead of a spaceship zooming into frame, there's a hand, a severed hand, tumbling through space, gripping a lightsaber. The hand falls onto a desert planet, why it doesn't burn up in the atmosphere, who knows, mm. um, where it's discovered by characters uh, who will be the heroes, so Daisy Ridley and John Boyega. Um, they recognise it as a Jedi relic and decide to return to the proper people, and they want to change their path in life. I wonder if the hand does burn up, but what... Does it, is it, does it say it's holding lightsaber? Yes, yeah, so... The, so maybe the hand does burn up, and then what's left is maybe. the relic of the light. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, so, anyway, they then this quest then takes those two off-world, where they meet Han Solo and Chewbacca, who aren't flying around in the Millennium Falcon anymore, and they, there's an insinuation that they're flying something else important, but they're not telling us what it is. Anyway, so they recognise the lightsaber as Luke Skywalker's. Um, and they say they haven't seen their friend in 30 years since oh. the events. So Luke is allegedly off with Le Leia and they're just... Oh, no. No. But, Luke, why, Luke. no. but why has Leia not seen her... Oh, I don't get it. Anyway, Come on, this is your favourite film, film you're yeah, talking about. Well, apparently. So anyway, so then the be <laughs> there being, begins in a quest. Um, the, the villains are apparently on an ice planet. doesn't say the name, but that sounds like... The ice planet of Hoth. Nefarious forces are building a super weapon, one capable of destroying not only planets, but entire solar systems. Um, they make the point that it echoes the beats of A New Hope. So the hand replaces R2-D2 as a call to adventure. The heroes meet up with Han and Chewie, leaving on a quest against a backdrop of unrest. So... I saw, it, someone sent me this, and I looked... I started reading it, and after I got two sentences in, I just thought, this is ridiculous, and I stopped reading it. But that, it just doesn't it does, sound, it sound even like, slightly like, believable. It sounds like one you could make... Like, it's the, probably the storyline you would make up. It, it does, like... <clears throat> what can you take from the original and then just amplify? Like, Death Star, it can destroy entire solar systems. Yeah. Imagine aiming that. That'd be well hard to aim. Yeah, I just th anyway. I think... I don't know. I don't think it sounds great. I mean... Someone says here, could Luke's hand be his robotic replacement? No. Because no, I wasn't severed. Question. Yeah. I read, no, but I, I guess the logic they're going for, because when he severs it in Bespin, it drops down, he's holding the lightsaber. Well, you'd think so. Up, but but you'd think so. Left, and that's the relic, so that's Anakin's. Well, that's kind of what I thought, unless they're making the point. But so either that's been floating around in space for 30 years, or his hand's been chopped off again, in which case he needs to start no, well, being more careful with his hands. No, but like, he could have <laughs> landed on a planet, and then it's like the, the lightsaber lands, the hand's burnt up, and then it's there for 30 years in this desert planet where it's preserved because it's in a desert. And then so they find it 30 years later. 
Uh, yeah, so then that is I don't a... think the hand's falling for 30 years. That I think sense. it's like it lands on the planet and then it becomes... And a... then that also provides quite a nice link to Anakin and the whole Darth Vader aspect. I don't know. I don't think it's legit, but... Yeah, hey. Looking into it quite a lot, really. Well, yeah. The only thing I heard was that John Boyega was the main character in the film, which that would kind of back up. I heard that from one source... Uh, and I was waiting to get a second source before I did any kind of story on it, but mm. now I've said it out loud. Oh. But that would seem to back that up, that he might be the main character, which would be cool because he's a really good actor. Mm. You're, you're, you're saying that's not going to be a story on Badass Digest. <laughs> Badass Digest. Badass Digest. It's not really the New York Times. <laughs> it's like it? Reader's <laughs> Digest, only for people who are a little bit more hardcore. Whoa, people who read Reader's Digest are pretty hardcore. Really? Yeah, you have to be to read Reader's Digest. And do the word search. Anyway. Good. So... Ben Affleck. <laughs> For people who listen to the podcast and wondering why we're not talking about Comic Con specific news, it's because we record the podcast at the end of the week. So a lot of the Comic Con stuff hasn't really happened. So imagine some of those Marvel gaps are probably going to be filled in by the time we listen to this. Right. But one of the things we have seen at Comic Con so far is there's been another still of Ben Affleck as Batman. And obviously not the best thing to do on an audio podcast, but it's there. You can mm. find it. Yeah. Google it. Uh, I think it looks great. He's got a good Batman face, hasn't he? Yeah. That's my expert insight on the still of Ben Affleck. Big chiseled face. Yeah, and also a good chin. Like, like You couldn't achieve that chin through kind of CGI. <laughs> it's it's impossible. such a good <coughs> such Computer a good can't render like, such a chin. It's not a good prosthetic, it's a good chin. Also quite stubbly. Mm. Discuss. I didn't see that it was stubbly. Um, we've already we've already gone through a no, Batman Chris, picture before. Discuss it for twenty minutes. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Analyze the chin. I don't think this is that much more exciting than the last Batman picture that they released. Chris, we've got to do this for the next two years. Um, get on board. Yeah, yeah. If, you're good, if you're tired of it now, <laughs> I don't know what's being said about it. Is there stuff going well, around about it? it? it um, Snyder has said in the film he will have the chin. For the majority of the film, it's not an origin story of the chin. He it right. just starts off and you go with it because he has the chin already. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they need to explain it. By now, people know that Batman has a chin. Yeah. So I think I'm I'm on board with this decision. It'd be weird if he didn't. Have I think it's a smart decision by Snyder. I don't want a two-hour origin if, story of the chin and the dimple. If it's mm. um, if it's all down based on the chin, I'd be pretty pissed off at this point if I was Jimmy Hill. Yeah, this, this get, should have been his. He's role. known as the chin. Absolutely, or, yeah, shocking. I don't. So do I, I don't know how Henry Cavill's going to like factor into it, but um, he's got cheap. Bones. I was more excited by yeah. the picture of Superman as a Jedi or as a Sith Lord. When's that Sith Lord? Sith Lord, Sith Lord. Um, this week, which oh, he's Zach fuming Snyder now. Tweeted. He's fuming. <laughs> I'm um, not to, so I'm when's not that being announced? That high, that crossover. It would be That's awesome. Mind blowing. I got told off on my Twitter though for making a joke about um, Chris. You've been sarcastic on Twitter about again. understanding it. about <laughs> about Henry Cable being a miserable Superman. I got told that was unprofessional to write that by whom? <laughs> by some people on Twitter. Why is that unprofessional? <laughs> having an opinion when your job is to have opinion. I just I just said kind that of is, in passing. I said that's professional. It looks. It was a joke picture that that Zack Snyder put. Yeah. Oh, I just and I just put the t- underneath the picture. It looks like. Um, uh, his Jedi is as miserable as his Superman. And he is a very mournful man, it seems. Everyone he knows died. Someone, someone, someone wrote to me, uh, that... <laughs> he has just caused to be quite mournful. Yeah, but you can fly, get a grip. Uh, <laughs> that comment you made on the Superman Jedi pick was very unprofessional on your part, bad journalism, giving the industry a bad name. 
<laughs> to be fair, you misspelled Superman. <laughs> and then uh, he also wrote, nice cheap shot at Kevil in the Zack Snyder tweet story. Way to keep it classy. When I think of you, you, the word that springs to mind is class. See, a lot of people who follow me on Twitter quite like me. All you always just have a go at you. Angry at me. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, you're bloody unprofessional. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) so let's um, wrap this up. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's the news for this week. Um, For every year. It gets bigger and bigger, although this year there doesn't seem to be a huge... I feel like some of the studios aren't really going mad there. Like, there's not... I don't know. There's not that much I'm excited about. So I've followed Comic-Con for several years now. I've never been. You have, Chris. And I think we should just talk about the Comic-Con phenomenon because it's, it, it does seem like it gets bigger and bigger, even though you the said... The, get, the, there's more and more people there. That's what happens. That's but what the happens. convention centre isn't growing, is it? No. It's well, always been in the same place. It has no, always been in moved. San Diego. Yeah, it's, right. mo- it's moved so, from place to place San Diego. But it's um, there's more and more people coming there, so it's kind of spreading out a little bit more. So some of the ha- the hotels... Around about the way, and, and uh, concert halls and things like that are being utilised. And there is a planned expansion to the San Diego Convention Centre, I believe. Right. But I don't. I think the convention itself only has a contract there till maybe 2016, so it could leave. Yeah. But it's always been in San Diego. Like there I was th- talk of it. There was talk of it going to Vegas. There has been in the past, just because it's, it's, it's oh, better equipped. It's same because doing like some light reading. It was. It's been there since 1970. Mm. So for it to leave San Diego would oh. be very sad to the city as well. Cause yeah. And must bring in a lot of revenue. Yeah, affect the yeah. economy. <laughs> but Chris, you've been. Yeah. You went last year, didn't it's you? The cr- there's too many people there. The crowds are hot and sweaty. Oh, it sounds... And you blinding. spend all your time queuing up. You loved it then. <laughs> um, I actually preferred it not being in the convention centre. We, we rent out some space at the Hard Rock Hotel and we do live streams and we have people coming to us for interviews, which is much more fun than running around in the heat. You're very yeah. much a man of the people. From, from hotel to hotel, trying to get through. You're just in a crush wherever you are and you've got to queue up. So you, would you actually hours to not get to... recommend going then? It's an experience. It's, it's, experience. It's, it's once you've done of... it once, you might not want to keep going back. What's nice is the atmosphere there. I mean, I don't tend to dress up in cosplay stuff. Um, you don't tend to. Sometimes you do. Uh, well, oh. I might do in a future podcast, which oh. we'll talk about you maybe next his, week. Um, you miss this Sailor Moon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. But what I like there is that I'm the geek. I'm the outsider there for not wearing cosplay. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's a place where people really can just kind of let their hair down or put it up in a bunch. It depends what they're dressed or as. Or sculpt it into horns. And... Um, yeah, and just kind of all get together. There's a really nice sort of positive atmosphere there. Okay. The parties are good, and I love a party. You do love a party. We had a World's End party <laughs> last year. We did a Sin City one this year. That's cool. Um, so, but the actual panels and the footage and stuff, that stuff's really hard work. Mm. Get, getting a, getting around from panel to panel, queuing up, um, trying to get your spot. It's, it's not as much fun as it sounds, really. Okay. Do you get kind of special access when you're there? Sometimes you do, yeah. yeah. Sometimes we'll, we'll I'll speak to someone from the film studio, but only because I work for IGN, yeah. and so that's not really helpful to but people on the who whole, are just going it, as a punter. But on the whole, from what I've heard, and it's not really geared towards press. It is still largely or ostensibly a fan event. There are yeah, definitely like, press do have to queue up for certain panels as well. Like there isn't a lot of special treatment for no. press. But the thing is, wanting to go back originally, it was called the San Diego Golden. It was called the Golden State Comic Book Convention, mm. and all the over the years, it's kind of more. It's like comic book convention now it's comic con it's kind of been whittled down where comic con means this thing it's like this like nerd or geek pilgrimage mm. are they all affiliated all the different comic cons no no some are and some aren't yeah there's various networks and 
what was I wanted to ask you about is starts off this thing like comic book convention is quite a hobbyist kind of thing people to meet up and share comic books and trade and now it's a place where major studios disney movies will have a panel and they use it as a platform to announce news worldwide has it lost its character and lost it what it was meant to be yeah well there's a good documentary about that morgan morgan spurlock made a couple of years ago is it called a new hope? Something, something like that. Which, yeah, it talks it talks to some of the comic book guys saying, you know, that it feels like it's not the same as it used to be, and and the studios have kind of hijacked it. But equally, others saying it's great. It brings more people, gets more people into into interested in comics. The comic element is still there, but you've also got the the movie industry. So my secondary question on that was, even though it might have changed, that's not necessarily a bad thing for the fans because people want to sit in Hall H, which is a thing now. Hall H means something to people. It's signifier of something for these big announcements. It's not like they're getting yeah. shortchanged. They're getting what they want. Mm. And it's pretty exciting for all of us, the way the comic book movie has yeah. gone into the mainstream now from where it was 20 years ago. Because watching Comic-Con remotely, you still go being there in, in the room is special compared to other events. I think, like, as a IGM reader, you could follow E3 better from your bedroom than mm. I can on the ground in terms of seeing stuff. Apart from behind closed doors, mm. you'll get a better overview and see more footage watching at home. Whereas at Comic-Con, there's still stuff that's shown that you don't get to see. Like, yeah. sometimes you get dodgy copies leaked on mobile yeah. phones. Yeah. It's the special stuff that you get to see because you're there. Yeah. Which is really like kind the, of unique. The one, now, the one I wish it? I'd been in was the Tron footage that they showed. The previous Tron footage that actually got them got the the movie made. Yeah, uh, that was really cool. Last year, Duncan Jones showed uh, like previous stuff for Warcraft, which yeah. I don't think anyone will ever be able to see. It's like you showed Nork, didn't that, you? That wasn't in that room. These are like real like finds and curiosities, <clears throat> and like like I don't know. It's not esoterica because it's you know made by a massive studio. Yeah, but it's it's about literally being in the room. Mm. Yeah, and it is a, it is That's kind cool. of a cool, exciting atmosphere. I mean, God, you lose the will to live when some people, when they queue up to ask the questions, though, at the end of the panels. Yeah. And people come up and just give a long speech rather than asking a question. Oh. Or say, um, I'm a screenwriter, would you look at my script? Mm. Oh, and the whole wow. 10,000 people collected to go, oh, my Can God. Can I do it now? <laughs> bit busy, mate. Um, there's been some amazing moments over the years, though. One I'm particularly fond of, even though it turns out to be a massive turkey of a movie, was Ryan Reynolds yeah, citing really the Green Lantern Earth, the little boy who was holding his ring. He just asked him, what? Can you... Holding his what? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, guys. That sounds like something that you should be taken away from just have Reynolds. To, just have to <laughs> put him down. <laughs> Uh, that was a lovely. That was a lovely moment. Wearing him on his finger. It was a lovely moment. It was better than the film. Good. Oh, when Andrew Garfield came in in his Spider-Man outfit. Yeah, and took off the mask. Yeah, it's a nice reveal. Good. And was it last year? Brian Cranston was going round in a Walter White mask. Yeah, yeah. That's and no funny. one knew it was him. Genius. <laughs> That's the that way it's funny. They do <laughs> say that, though, don't they? Like celebrities go around at kind of Comic Con and stuff like that, dressed as cosplay. dressed as themselves, and people are like, "Oh wow, yeah. you're a really Amazing good cosplay. You look yeah." yeah. Yeah, Didn't Sigourney was... Weaver do that? In a big mech suit. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the mech suit? Lance Emerickson is the mech suit. <laughs> yeah, there's some story about that when they were shooting Paul. Simon Pegg was walking through the shop floor with Sigourney Weaver or something and no one recognised so. mm. Cool. So that's Comic-Con. I think next week we'll obviously go through, I think we'll do some superhero specials analysing what was actually at Comic-Con. But I think one final question. How bad's the smell? Uh, it's not as bad as you'd think, actually. <coughs> a lot more women there than I was expecting. I thought it was going to be 
comic book men geeks. But yeah, it was very kind of fifty-fifty. Have a little smile on the your audience. Face, mm. Yeah, lovely stuff. Lovely cosplay stuff. <laughs> um, and on that note, lovely, lovely stuff. <laughs> Should we do some feedback then? Yeah, let's do some feedback. Oh. Right, I've done it this week. Well done. Yeah, it's gone. Have on. you though? We'll see. Yeah, let's see in what way you've messed up this you said, week. You've said that before. Yeah, no, this week I've I le- I've cross links and everything. You're going to be amazed. Cross links. Yeah. Um, so Joseph Mitchell writes in to say um, he was thinking about the feedback that we have given about Transformers over the past few weeks saying you know you leave your brain at the door he says he loves films that challenge him so he can't wait for David Fincher's return with Gone Girl apparently is that something that you're excited about? Yeah I've read the book there we go David Fincher films are always worth watching aren't they? so he says do you feel blockbusters will ever really challenge viewers the only film he can think of in past few years is Inception Inception's an interesting one isn't it because that was kind of like the film that Nolan was... I can't remember which way it was around. Wasn't he allowed to make that kind of as a... He'd, he'd already made... Comp- well, no, he made Warner's like a billion... <clears throat> and that was dollars. his reward for doing it, right? Because they well, were kind of like, go away, get that, some experience. That's the way that it's talked about. I think it's made, I think it's kind of like, you made a billion dollars, so therefore he kind of... There's more trust there to do a concept that's a bit more out there. Yeah. So and because like his name's attached to it, yeah. attached to the other films, so he's going to get success anyway. Because he'd done the... He'd written it ages ago and they were like... This is ambitious. Well, his brother had written it. Yeah. Think, but he yeah. was like, you know, let's give it a wait and see. Yeah. And then as a reward for kind of doing so well and stuff, he was like, they were like, do it, go on. As a reward. Yeah. Like, like a you're training treat. a dog, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms, so, uh, you know, do we think blockbusters will ever challenge viewers? Um, I think, yes, they have. And will they again? Probably. But at the same time, a blockbuster can only be challenging within certain limits. Like, yeah. Inception's challenging, Yeah. But it's not, you know, it's not avant-garde cinema. Mm-hmm. And there's only, you know, blockbuster can only do so much before it stops being a blockbuster. Yeah. Because the budget would just never get greenlit. Mm-hmm. So I think blockbusters can be challenging at the inception, and but only within themes. certain limits. And there's certain themes well, that you're I not think a lot of the time it's sci-fi. Sci-fi can challenge you. Yeah. So the, the sci-fi side of blockbusters, things like... The Matrix, a Minority Report, Interstellar, yeah, like perhaps existentialism yeah, and fly. morality. Sci- science fiction does tend to tackle some of the big issues yeah. uh, that we face as sort of humanity, but in kind of wrapped up in quite an, in- an entertaining way. Uh-huh. So, you know, maybe more so than some of the superhero stuff or your Transformers, maybe. Yeah. yeah. But it's never going to be challenging as kind of more experimental film because you're never going to get blockbuster greenlit where there's no snippet of di- there's no dialogue in it or something mm. like that. Yeah. Or- Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Transformers 4 one day will be received as the masterpiece that it is it not obviously already? is <laughs> um, right how I'm much is bit... Michael Bay paying you right Genuinely. okay I'm a bit worried about this email because the title is too much sex okay <laughs> this is from Rishi Talking about the Dead Island Riptide Zombie Base Edition, I saw a trailer for the upcoming Hercules. One part of the trailer shows a naked woman from the back, so you can see her backside. Cheeky. Um, To me, this says the film is rubbish, (laughs) so the only thing to get people to watch it is sex. I also think that sex is overused in almost every video game, especially Saints Row, GTA, and Watch Dogs. What do you think about the Hercules trailer? And have you seen the movie? And what do you think about sex in video games? Do you want to start off with the idea? I, I think could, we should, I could, I a could few answer those questions here. by saying no, so I can't answer the next one, and I don't know. Okay, let, <laughs> let me let me just break this down for a second then. So, <coughs> using sexual imagery in a trailer. 
that's a no-brainer for any movie studio, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Also, I think it's part of the genre into which Hercules is probably tapping, like, you know, swords and sorcery, that sort of thing. That's part of the imagery of that. Like, Hercules when you go back to Conan mm. and... Red Sonja. Yeah, and the, the kind of the... Like the pulps of the fifties and stuff like Robert E. Howard and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you look that, at the covers of those comics and books. Those, yeah, the pulps. They, Filth. That's what it's about. But also, you know, Game of Thrones uses that kind of imagery. It's part of if you want to do kind of fantasy romance, that's kind of what well, you Game do. Game of Thrones like, has like, sex like, position, right? Like, you know, like sci-fi has spaceships yeah. or horror have all dark mansions. Like, the muscly yeah. man who the, takes the damsels. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'll say that Peter Jackson's been missing a trick in the. Let's have some sexy hobbits. Ooh. Well, he did introduce Evangeline Lilly, didn't he? Because he everyone did. complained Ooh. that there weren't enough female do you, characters. Um, so pretty. Oh, do you shave your feet? <laughs> um, anyway, so we haven't seen the movie because no. they didn't really screen it. Ah, they screened well, they screen it, it, it but very go. late on. Yeah, very yeah. Late on. So we haven't seen it. Uh, reviews up now. It's actually quite a decent review. Yeah, so it's yeah, very enjoyable. Yeah. Romp. More on um, that later in the podcast. So, what do you think about sex in video games? Um, I think video games like violence can use sex if they use it in a reasonable manner. If it makes Massive. sense for the game, if it's in context, like why shouldn't yeah. it? any other artistic medium can use sex? I think but. Mass Effect works quite well. Something games tend to be penalised harsher for depictions of sex than uh, other mediums. Uh, you know, yeah. And so, Rush, so Russia's, for example, has, I think has banned The Sims yeah. Four because you can have same-sex relationships in it. Stuff like that. They put the Sims in prison. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think if it's used responsibly mm. by a game that warrants it, as long as it, you know it's not a quick time event. Like Leisure Suit Larry. Always a quick time event for me. Oh. You know, sex sells and <laughs> sex is always going to sell. So I don't think it's, it's ever going to stop, is it? No, it, 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 what, I agree. Sex? Se- Se- well, I hope not. Sex we'll in general out. is sex never going to stop. True if sex pimp. stops, if sex stops <laughs> we are screwed. Yeah. Literally. Well, we or wouldn't not, be as well. Oh, Anyway, it's a paradox. It's a reception, but uh, yeah. Mo- I've on. got an email from Adam Quain, uh, which I think harks back to the auction from a couple of weeks ago, where we had a lot of fun uh, with Luke seeming incapable of bidding on items that were coming up. It's a view cinemas are doing an auction of movie memorabilia. <laughs> and Adam says, I would bid on Arnold Schwarzenegger's Androskeletal Hand from Terminator 2. And he writes, give me your boots, your clothes and your damn hand. Don't get it. Thanks, Adam. Now this is Luke's first link, maybe, in the podcast yeah. feedback. Which and then is I've got another one right after. It's going to be amazing. Quite well done. So thanks for that, Luke. This is from Ben Harris. Uh, first of all, he says he loves the podcast, um, loves the haphazard approach to the feedback, and had him laughing, oh. resulting in a few concerned looks from other passengers. Ha- haphazard. On his what, what's haphazard about this? The feedback. Don't know. Ah, uh, what well, your approach? Mm. Ah, it's not haphazard anymore. It's just I think annoying. I've basically ruined one of the, his favourite parts of the podcast because of pressure from you guys. So thanks, guys. Oh no, he likes it more. Right. Well, so there we go. Well, but um, anyway, yeah. So linking on from the movie props, he says it must be either a cult pulse maker gun from Tombstone, the one role Val Kilmer played excellently as Doc Holliday, or one of the original Space Paranoids arcade cabinets from Tron. That's what he would want. Ah, good. So. Good choices. I only half heard that. What did he want from Val? He wanted Val Kilmer. He wanted the gun. He wants Val, Kil- Val Kilmer, yeah. <laughs> he he, no, he wants the cult pacemaker Val gun. Oh, cool, yeah. I should so I said this before. I should see if we could record a podcast from that exhibition. Yeah. What, and accidentally bid on stuff while we're recording it? Don't let me Have do a look it. around at the time. We could, we could club our money together. Don't let me get involved because I overpay for things. <laughs> good. So... Uh, 
Johan or John Jigsved said um, he is a big fan of the Sly Cooper series. So one of his favourite games of the original three is a section where you control a pirate ship. So this made him quite intrigued to buy Assassin's Creed 4. But he only played the first Assassin's Creed and didn't really like it. So the, his question is, should he buy Assassin's Creed 4 for the potential of the pirate ship mechanic or should he spare his money because Assassin's Creed will always be Assassin's Creed? Ooh. But wait, there's another link to a piece of feedback that Daniel has. So we're doing this, not answering his question. Well, uh, it feeds into answering it. Okay. This is from da, 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 Michael. Assassin's Creed is my favorite game series, along with the British-made Total War franchise. Black Flag, I thought, stripped the franchise of its very best stealth missions, though it felt it was a good game. I just felt it wasn't Assassin's Creed. Mm, so. Um, so we'll loop this back into this question. Yeah, I think, I think he's right. So I liked... Um, I mean, Assassin's Creed 2 was, I think everyone agrees, was kind of the high point for the series. It, Assassin's Creed 4 doesn't really feel like that much of an Assassin's Creed game. But, um, but if he likes pirate ships, he'll he bloody love it. Love it. Yeah. He's you definitely can, got pirate ships in it. And you can upgrade it and stuff. I would recommend it. I think, out of all the PS4 games that I've had so far, the most fun I've had with, the most game I've had fun with is Assassin's Creed 4. Yeah, so I is, do really is like this it. Johan? Uh, Johan is. Johan would bloody love it because if he's into pirates... There are loads of pirates. It's, it's basically all about pirates. And the storyline is good. You have pistols as well and like... And there's pirate ships. Yeah. I think I think you'd like it. I think I would recommend it as well. It is a very good game and it's not too I would, Assassin's Creed. I, I would go so far as to say if he likes pirates, it's probably the premium and foremost pirate game available right now on PS4. Probably. So, I can't you know, speak highly of it if you like pirates. Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, to go on to this question, <laughs> <laughs> when do you think it's okay to pin a game, make a game its own IP rather than a sequel? So he's saying that Assassin's Creed, when it became all about pirating, strayed too far from what made Assassin's Creed Assassin's Creed, should it have been its own game, so Ubisoft pirate game? Yeah. I, I, I think they're in a no-win situation, because if they did the same game, it's like, oh, you've done the same game again. Mm -hmm. So at least they're trying to do something different. It's different as when you see some mobile tie-ins or stuff like that that are just clearly catching on the brand but, name. I don't think there's enough similarities to tie it together, but yeah, I think the Assassin's Creed one is fine. So but... in short, yes and no. <laughs> Good. Uh, I have an email from Mark Garcia. Disappointing that Luke doesn't highlight the names as well. You should highlight the names when you're doing the feedback. <laughs> Different coloured pen. Uh, no, it's just important. We always used to do that. So just just for future for future reference. Um, Mark says, recently got a PS4 on Wolfenstein. I've committed 15 minutes of my life to cutting chicken fences with a laser cutter. <laughs> Surely this has got to be the worst game mechanic for a considerable period of time. Question mark. It's really hard to do with an analogue stick. That went really well for you. Agreed? Yes. Pretty poor, yeah. yeah. I don't like ridiculous. quick time events, but we've been through quick time events. Yeah. Well, I've been through some. But Second you, time joke. If you love doing that kind of thing, then it's your well, game. Cutting chicken wire. Well said, yeah. laser cutters. Is, is that what we've got yeah. to say on that front? Definitely. Okay, thanks for the email. Good email, Mark. Like it. Good <laughs> nice laugh. All right, <laughs> feedback from Ricky Bit Bidness. I hope I'm saying that right. Ricky Bidness. Hi, Ricky. He likes doing Bidness. I was going to say <laughs> that. Yeah, but it's... That's, a, that's a great last name. I love that last name. So it says Bear Park. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pot Kettle. Does a Bear what? Park shit in the woods? What? Continue. What's wrong with my name? Oh, stop swearing. Another beep. 
It's no, ridiculous. We let some words go and some words not. Well, just the ones he can't find. Exactly. Yeah. Let's. I think, Rich, can you go through and just beep some random words from Luke? <laughs> yeah. Just whenever Luke speaks, just <laughs> it's a low, like white noise. That'll sound like Monty Python on UK Gold the other night. Yeah. If anyone yeah. saw that, like I didn't know what was happening at first. I actually but... watched that in the cinema. I should have watched it. On, on TV for free. It, yeah, that was a mistake. So they doubled the ticket price. It was really good. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, Ricky. Tilly, you should keep rocking the facial hair. Are you saying that to me or is Ricky? Ricky Bidness saying this to you. Thank you, Ricky Bidness. Is that like tricky business? No, it's Ricky Bidness. Right. It's like, um, risky it's like it. It's he like, often, it risky gets, business. Yeah. That's a better one. Yeah, you meant, you Tilly, <laughs> I think I did mean that. It adds a certain edge to you and gives yeah. uh, a greater air of respect and authority that like, just doesn't really come with a man with a smooth face inca- incapable of growing facial hair, more commonly known as Kamali. Now, I would like to point out that as part Asian, I am obscenely hairy in places that you probably don't want to know about. And also the fact that you choose to single me out when we have the Ginger Prince who... Like burns inside in the what middle of the day. What have I like, done? with his well, ginger why, why, hair. Why are you dragging Rich into it? It's like, is this the part where I beep out everything Carmelo? How is your facial hair growing capabilities, Bear Park? No, I don't. I can't really grow facial hair. But really, why is the really in there? Is the really in there for a reason? No, you can't grow facial hair. I well, can. I get a, I get and a I bit. Do. I, I get have a to put like, over this. Bum fluff is not day. facial if you, hair. Guys, if you stroke it guys, now. Guys, 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 guys. I'm not going to stroke you. Stop asking. Well. Anyway, so um, it looks like you've made Luke very upset there, Ricky. It looks so, like you can do decent facial. I can do good Sorry I, about that, Luke. It's great. But, if um, I don't shave for a week, can I go on the tube with a duffel bag? I'll get dodgy but, looks. But Ricky, my, my face is too itchy now. It's got to that point where it's itchy. I, th- I like I like it when you've got a bit of facial hair. It yeah. does add. I think it does add an edge. It does add I, to I you. like it when you're itchy. <laughs> but it's itchy. I'm gonna have to shave it off it's tomorrow. It's like a thicket. Uh, isn't it like the longer you leave it, the less itchy it gets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you got to get through this kind of week of itchiness, which right. I'm just—it's just starting now, and I don't well, like it. For me, it's when it catches on, like like when you're putting on a shirt or taking. But a shirt how would you know? Because um, I can grow facial hair. <laughs> what's the longest you've let it get? Do you know ZZ Top? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like that. No, no, not like that. Were you playing at an 80, 90s? <laughs> long, about I probably left it for about three weeks. Is the longest I've ever left it. How long have you left it now? You're measuring ten, it in time. Ten days, maybe. Okay. Can you um, grow oh, a big hipster beard? Wow. What's what does that entail? Just means being really pretentious whilst you grow a beard. I'd do that already. Yeah, I've seen him at his desk. Um. All right. Well, I've got the beard this week, but it might not be here next. I week. like it. Um. And on the subject of forfeits, also, I think anyone who gets a forfeit should endure a spoiler. Whatever their favourite or most anticipated game, movie, or show may be, they should have one of the biggest surprises spoiled for them, which will allow us to enjoy their pain and suffering, but should also avoid scaring them for life. For uh, scarring them. Scarring. S- sorry, scarring them for life. Um. Yeah. What? There you go. You finished. Yeah. <laughs> Final one. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm too anti spoilers. I don't think I could do that. Mm. Um, yes, yeah, so spoilers of the devil. That'd be horrible. No, I wouldn't want any spoilers yeah. ruined. Final one is from Scott Mackey, who is talking about favourite moments, which we asked for, and if you can send yours in as well. Oh, uh, please let it be one that's not from the last two weeks. <laughs> it's not. So uh, the two favourites, uh, two favourite moments from the podcast, and actually these are moments that we've isolated ourselves. Um, when Alex managed to screw up saying "time for trailer of the week" and came out with "time for Tradel Time Bar." <laughs> Which is a very good one. A classic. And we have that. And um, the soundboard episode, which I think, which was, and so soundboard episode is podcast uh, 113. Oh, is it? I thought we couldn't find the soundboard episode. No, we did in the end because Alex, because we started playing it loud and Alex started getting really irate all over again. There's two soundboard episodes. (laughs) Is it the Tom do one? 
No, he, charlatan. I did them. It was my iPad. He doesn't have an iPad. You need an iPad. There's, uh. there's two. There's that one where Alex says, I'll break your fingers. And there's another one that I can't <laughs> yeah, you find. you do it again, I'll break your there's fingers. There's another so. one where on the soundboard, I uploaded, I downloaded the clip of Alex on Games Master and I cut it into little <laughs> sections. Oh, yeah. And he, I saved it all episode. I was dying inside to use it. And then it was like, I think we were doing What's Out this week. Yeah. And he started, do, I said, oh, what's that game like, Alex? And he did like a little potted review. And then I went, oh, I just went, oh, great graphics. <laughs> great, great graphics to boot. And I started playing all these, like, and then, he's, without any humour to his response, I think he threatened to fire me. Ugh. And then he walked out. So, oh, wow. that one. Speaking of which, have, we got, have you got the video, Rich, from a couple of weeks ago when Alex couldn't get the microphone stand working? <laughs> yes, I have. Let's, let's review that after the podcast. He does not want that on, does no. he? No, no. Let's... Also, did we... Can you do it in slow motion? It's the, the God of War the God of War review. That was yeah. good. You're very yeah, good. Well, Trouble, like, crossing, Trouble chasm. crossing a chasm. Um, so that's it. Is that it? Alex, we, we were looking through. So Alex found uh, the first podcast we ever did. Yeah. Uh, and also the first ever we used to have a phone line and people could phone <laughs> in are you on about this that happened last week yeah yeah when we, we actually did it on this podcast did we yeah. let's not talk about it anymore and you, then. And you, were, you were yeah you were sitting right there it's been, it's been a long seven <laughs> days anyway so that's it for <laughs> feedback that's it for Shit. feedback but before we move on I just want to do a very quick thing um, so congratulations th- Luke for doing good feedback no I'm not going to do that um, I just want to thank all the people who listen to the podcast that donated money for me and Rich running 10k oh, special thank effects. you very much guys I'm just going to read them out very quickly because I think you deserve a shout out Jean-Pierre Cameron Reese, Lauren um, Andrew Voke uh, Josh Katie James um, Josiah Raphael Seb Jess and Gareth and then a couple more let's get some anonymous ones as well aren't there some anonymous ones as well they were all, all the anonymous ones were me James <laughs> James and Elliot. I want to say thank you very much. Now, Special Effects are a very small charity, so it doesn't mean the money you donated will actually do something. It won't get lost. It'll be put to great use. And for anyone listening to this podcast, you know what great form of escapism video games are. And these kids really could do with some of that. Mm. So thank you very much. Thank you very much, guys. And you should check out the Special Effect website because they are... they do. And you can work. still donate. Yes. Justgiving.com forward slash IGN. Thank you. Cool. Indulgence over. Out this week. Nothing really. What do we got, people? What's up on the game side of things? Nothing really. So there's been no games released Uh, for about three months. Summer, isn't it? People go outside in theory. The summer is when I played my video games when I was at school. I've done my summer holidays. I guess when you were at school, you stayed at home. When I was when during my summer holidays. I spent my days playing football and then my nights playing Emlyn Hughes International Soccer. God, lads. Football. Hey, such a lad. Hey. Football, soccer, hey. Football, um, mental, Bunch Chris. of lads kicking the ball, hey. We've got some films this week which are all just slightly above average. Oh. We have a 6.9, a 7.0 and a 7.2. Mm. So, shall I go? Oh. I'll go in ascending <coughs> order. Sevens are good. Earth to Echo. Uh, it's kind of like an E.T. knockoff. Is it like found footage? Yep. So kind of like Chronicle meets Super 8? Or E.T. Well, they are both <laughs> or E.T. <kind> of <laughs> fan footage <laughs> Uh, it's called Earth to Echo, and uh, in our review well, we said it's a, it's a simple, sentimental tribute to the glory days of 80s kids' movies, but the adventure's derailed by the rigid qualities of found footage packaging. Oh, there you go. Let's quit with the found footage now, shall we? Mm. Uh, we got The Purge Anarchy, <laughs> which got a 7.0. 
and our review says it's a marked improvement over its predecessor. Uh, the Purge Anarchy is a scarier and more effective thriller that also features a solid central performance from Frank Grillo. Frank Grillo in that's really good. It, you could see him being a really good Punisher. He's essentially the Punisher yeah. in that movie. He's a good actor. He's a man's man. He's a man's man. He's awesome in The Grey, if you haven't seen The Grey. I saw Luke's face fall when you said man's man. Why What's Luke, <laughs> Why doesn't Luke, doesn't Luke like men's men? That's just a phrase, isn't it? Like, what does it mean? He has a father. <laughs> what, 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 what do you think it means? I don't know. So it's man's man. It means he's owned by someone. I don't know. Weird. Interesting. He has an agent. And finally, we've got Hercules, which scores a seven point two from us, which is slightly better than I was expecting. Yeah, I was, I was expecting a bit lower than that. It looked like a turkey. It felt like it was being buried. It still feels like it's being buried at the end of the summer. Mm. Um, but uh, it's an entertaining and boisterous action flick. Hercules offers a fresh take on the legendary character and his heroics. So check that out, but I will be waiting until it comes on the telly. Hercules, the character created by Disney for their <laughs> 1997 smash. But what put me off it was the bum in the trailer, so yeah, I won't be watching Outrageous. You, you, you came back, you were scandalised. You can't believe they're doing this. They're doing that in a movie. <laughs> Jesus. The cheek. Literally. Yeah. And on, yeah, on that, on that, on that joke, we'll draw today's podcast to close. Thank you. Thanks Fun. for listening. Bye. Cheerio, Cheers, pop people. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.